You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time: the roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. It's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. All right, folks. Welcome back to the latest Mount West Wire podcast. It's a basketball version. March Madness, NCAA Tournament, Mountain West Tournament. We haven't been here for a while. March Faxness is our last podcast where we're talking about music because why not? It's the offseason for football and basketball was kind of in between tournament mode and this. So today, I'm with, it's been a while since you've been on the podcast. Our buddy Larry Munez, who does a, what would we say you do, Larry? Boise State, um, Little New Mexico, random basketball stuff for us. Does that sound about right? Yeah, a, a real hodgepodge of availability and necessity, honestly, but always happy to do it. It works. Hardwood talk on Twitter, and you still okay. I'm gonna shoot this from the hip. I'm pretty sure you still do stuff for a Wax Sports, correct? Yeah, uh, Wax Hoops Digest for uh, Kyle McDonald. That was a a real busy week too. Real good Wax Wax tournament in Las Vegas, also. Wax Hoops. Okay, I know Kyle a little bit, so I'm like, okay, Wax Hoops. So check out that because they have the Mexico State in the tournament. Utah Valley, who I literally live across the street from, failed against an economic tournament Mark Madsen, but one day they'll make it, right? Larry, is that the plan? I hope, maybe, more teams in. I can imagine. I mean, New Mexico State's leaving, so. Hey, it leaves up a spot. There you go. Them and Grand Canyon, yeah. that's about it, right? <laughs> and whoever else is coming into the WAC, uh, Dixie State at some point. Isn't Stephen F. Austin joining too soon, eventually? So, Stephen F. Austin, Dixie State already in. This summer, it's Incarnate Word. UT, Arlington, and Southern Utah. Those are the three new ones in July. Okay. Also, you need to get used to it. It's going to be Utah Tech, I think, this fall. It's said yes. State, FYI. Yes, it is. So I was actually down there. Not to go off topic on a whack or Southern Utah part of the state type of podcast, <laughs> but I was there. There's a lot of new buildings, like the swimming pool there, because my kid plays water polo, and they have, like, a really, really nice high-level Division One facility. But you look at all the – you look everywhere, and what's a broil across every building? Dixie State, like any school. University here, it's like, that's going to take some money, so to change that. Maintenance but it, is going to be busy. 
they're gonna be busy. But it's a it's a nice campus. Like I've been there a couple times. It's actually I was surprised of how up it's for being what level of school it is and where it's at in the state. Because some new town is forty five minutes up the road from them. They're basically smack dab in the middle between UNLV and and Cedar City, where Southern Utah is. So it's a I'm hoping for good things down there. So it should be fun. But yeah, Utah Tech. So in case one of our Mountain West schools play them, which you you only probably does because it's a bus ride up there. But yeah, get used to Utah Tech. So all right, Mountain West tournament. We're gonna get to that. Uh, and then NCAA tournament. With the we're doing this selection Sunday. So our preview portion of the NCAA tournament is not gonna be big. Cause I haven't had. I assume you, Larry, as well. Have not had enough time to look over Indiana, Crichton, um, Michigan, and uh, I don't even know who other teams. But we'll get to it when we get there. The four teams getting in for the Mountain West tournament, but or the NCAA tournament. So we'll get to all that later in the week and previews and stuff. But today, on a scale of one to, I could I'll say lame one to ten, but Mountain West tournament. This was by far like one of the best tournaments overall. Because I remember in a graphic during the t- title game between San Diego State and uh, Boise State, wasn't the average margin of victory up to that point like six points? Yeah, honestly, really close. Like I've been to two of these tournaments. I was there when Larry Nance won. And um, who was uh, who was it? Uh, shoot, the other guy from – he got in a car accident for a while, I mean, a couple years later. But it was like a 55-52 victory in the championship game. Like what is going on? But this game, like the favorites won, but – this tournament, like, watch this game, like, every game was a nail-biter except for, I think, like, one. And watch these games, see what's going on, we're like, because we're, we're all, we're all crossing fingers, all right, don't, Utah State, Fresno State, good teams, UNLV, they're right there, but that we got the right teams to win, and that's what we wanted to see. Yeah, so, I think super excited. I know my, my wife was like, what are you watching earlier today for Selection Sunday? And I said, yeah, you know that weekly article I've been putting out, like updates on the bracketology for the conference. Um, we did it. We did it. There's four teams in the mountain in the NCAA tournament this year. Um, and like you said, really excited to see San Diego State, Colorado State, Boise State, and Wyoming get in. And just like you said, UNLV, Fresno State, and Utah State right there. I think a big jump in competition for the conference. I think everybody's excited to see. I feel like the big surprise this year, because that's first because like look at and we'll do like we'll probably be on and we'll do stuff we did last year kind of decompressing like new coaches like Kruger UNLV they were super close they they're leading Wyoming late in their uh, quarterfinal game Utah State like did you see with the Utah State CSU that call at the end of the game with Justin B driving I assume you saw the outcome and, and is it is outrage a proper term to use for what happened for the end of the game uh, um, blocking or charging call. I think it color. could be, and and I think we've seen plays like this all year. I know we were, you know, in the Twitter comments earlier in the year when there was something in regards to, I think it was the CSU-San Diego State game. And, yeah, the, you know, the bucket, it, yeah, under the hoop. Yeah, it's just, you know, it's part of the game, you know, and and regardless of the sport, regardless of the level, there's always going to be those kind of calls. And, you know, I, I, what do we say? Colorado State didn't win it anyway, so, does, you know, does it matter too bad at this point? But. But yeah, Utah State super wanted it. They wanted the like the call. It's like Justin B was completely out of control, and so like I don't know what to make of the call because I, I watched. I didn't watch it live. I saw it later, so I'm like, oh, this hubbub. Yeah. I'm like, and so there's two guys, two brands, not because this maybe it's source of the subject for Utah State because they are the most inconsistent team all year. Like they literally were at the buzzer to beat CSU. They had they won the Mount West tournament, I would not have been overly shocked. Because they've played well enough to, good enough to beat with the top teams, but 
clearly not consistent enough losing weird games throughout the year. They just weren't there under with um losing Craig Smith, new coach and all that type of stuff in town with um Ryan Odom coming from UBMC. But the call in the game you got here's the thing, I officiate like I officiate water polls, so it's different, but there's a lot of contact involved. So I'm watching that play and I'm thinking, okay, I'm an official. What what would I call? Because you have to call something there, right? True. Yeah, yeah. You can't not let it go because of how much contact there was. What, and what so, kind of game it was, how close it was, all those things. Yeah, there if it's a close game, it's like, okay, we'll let it go here, there. It's like there's stuff I'll do, like, oh, shot clock's going down. Some coaches get all pissy. Oh, you didn't call foul my guy, you get a shot from my coach. There's less than a second. You're at half, you're basically mid court, halfway in the pool. Like, your 14 year old kid's not going to make that shot. I'm going to let it go with it not being obviously over aggressive foul. I'm like, I'll just, sorry, you lose the ball. Like, that happens. You know what I mean? Like, your your girl from half tank from 15 meters away is not going to make that shot. So, but it's situational. But when you see the two Rams guys under the hoop, and I think the main reason to charge because how out of control Justin Bean was going down driving. Yeah, the Rams guys weren't, weren't necessarily set. And it kind of hit part of it. it wasn't like square in the chest, but when you're driving like that out of control, I have no problem calling a charge in there because if he, if Justin B needs to have more body control, I know there's two seconds left. He's doing what he can. Nice play to make that attempt, but I don't think his 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 attempt was to try to draw a call there. He just wanted to go for the hoop and was gone. And there's contact trying to shoot him. Like had he been more stable, I could see a blocking call there. But him diving forward, it's like no. Honestly, you're kind of looking at at how hard that that driving players uh, plowing into that other player. That the split settings, not necessarily an afterthought, but most of the time that's you know where it gets a little more controversial. But yeah, if you're focused on being just plummeting into the lane like that, uh, yeah, it makes it really hard to to think about who's set and who's not at that point. Yeah, you got to be more controlled. So that that's like I, I know officiating's been weird throughout the year, but I think part of it, honestly. More people focus because it's a bad officiating happens everywhere, every every league, every conference, every sport. But I think which is, is a good thing. Like not that we're pulling all this bad stuff out. Like there's stuff throughout the year we saw like what's going on, but more people are actually watching the Mountain West because of how competitive it was. Competitive it was, hmm. and so everybody's was. watching the tournament. And this league is what it's. We'll see how much it could go, how much it could be going forward. But like in the Mountain West tournament, do you have a favorite game? Like oh, this is the best game because every game like. There were no buzzer beaters, but every game came down to seem like the final two possessions. Yeah, I think I think besides the the bias on the New Mexico Nevada game because that was the first game I was watching game mm-hmm. in the tournament, but first game I got to watch maybe like an hour of because it was a combination of my lunch break and other things. So <laughs> course, yeah. watching that, you know, Lobo's actually playing playing decently well there for a while up on up on the Wolfpack, and then. Um, Long story short, I work in a school, so the bell rings. I lose track of everything, and I come back later, and I go, oh, of course, of course. So that that was kind of maybe my most hopeful game of the tournament. But in in regards to favorites, I think I really enjoyed the um, the Boise State Wyoming game because uh, you know besides yes. yeah besides Colorado State, I mean the Wyoming was one of the the few teams that really did give Boise State some competition. In the conference, so I think if anybody was going to kick them out, it was going to be them. Um, so I did get to watch that game since it was a little bit later in the day. But um, I think that one and and the hometown team of everybody I got to watch, I think some of the more entertaining ones for me. Yeah, it's it's great watching these te- watching all these teams play because it didn't matter who was winning because we knew at least three teams won. We stuck in. Ah, uh, the title. Because Wyoming had like a. 
not a huge lead, but I think what five six point lead. I'm I'm working during the day, and but I, I can have the, sc- the screens on. I'm like oh, I'm put on CBS Sports to watch it while I'm doing my other work. I can pop up every now and then. Like oh, they're up by wait, Rebels have got ahead at the last minute. Like they got a slight lead, and I'm like oh boy. So that was one of the more exciting games. Like it's hard to pick just one. And one interesting thing though about the title game, like I remember one of our buddies in our Twitter chat like half time like. I don't know how San Diego State was in that game when the foul discrepancy – not not saying anything wrong with it, but the discrepancy of how few fouls they've drawn. Just saying like, oh, they're able to hang around, stick into what their defense, what they can do with um, what Bradley and everybody on their team. The tournament was great. Like, There's not much more to say about it because everybody saw these games. Like every game was close down the wire. Any of those four teams could have won. Had UNLV beat Wyoming, could they have gone out and beat CSU? Or not CSU, Boise? Maybe. I don't know. Like there's well, honestly Nevada Nevada was close maybe the closest besides um San Diego State with that one point difference. Uh Nevada was down by two uh mm-hmm. when they lost. So yeah. I think anybody honestly, the way this season panned out, anybody could have lost and anybody could have taken it for the most part. And this is like the first time every oh shit, I wish I had the bracket in front of me. I think the only like quote upset was the three seed, like with San Diego State making the final game. Like every higher yeah. seed won. And then I did yeah, a thing like team rankings throughout the like the week or two before. Like, oh, if the tournament started today, every single time, no matter what seed Aztecs were, three or four, always the biggest favorite to win the conference tournament. And it showed like they are literally right there to win the conference. And they all you gotta do is make the field. That's all it is, right? If you make the field, anything can happen. Yeah. Make the field, so, get past the first round of games, and I think we're happy. Exactly. Now what we have now for the Mount West tournament or NCAA tournament. I was crossing my fingers because it's a little tough because I saw all of these bracket matrix and stuff there where it's – and you did all these too where it's always the freaking 8-9 games. Why yeah. are we getting a freaking 8-9? It's like I don't want that because I want I want two victories by one of these teams. And so yeah. the way it's set up, we'll start backwards. Wyoming was literally the last team in the field as per like this. Like I got the team sheet here. Like there was the team rankings of like uh, the seed line where they're at. They're, I, I'll pull it up here in a second. But – it had had te- I know it comes down to oh if this happened this happened this happened they wouldn't be in but literally Texas A and M and Tennessee was the reason they're basically in the field with Tennessee holding off the Aggies because had Texas there's other scenarios that's the most recent game that Texas A and M won Wyoming would be a one seed in the NIT and they end up being I'm trying to find a period they are the 43 43rd in the tournament so technically they are they were oh my goodness so. Going off the team sheet, Michigan, who we'll t- talk about in a minute too, when they're playing uh, Colorado State, had had Michigan flipped with Wyoming. Not that would they wouldn't have played CSU, but Michigan was the last team to not get a bye. Essentially, what it comes down to. So Wyoming was super close. So Wyoming, while they're the last team in, they're also very close to not getting a bye. If I'm reading this pro- correctly, maybe I'm not, but they play Indiana Tuesday night. Tuesday night. Are we ready for Tuesday hoops? Yes. I, I think that's the the hard part was. I know the Cowboys and San Diego State were bouncing back and forth for those last couple of weeks on who was going to be the last four in uh, mm-hmm. kind of designated Mountain West team. But luckily, San Diego State just had a great run to end the, the year or the regular season. Um, sadly enough, Wyoming, kind of the opposite. They dropped some games late, but kind of put them in that last four in scenario. Uh, am I ready to see a Mountain West team that early? Really excited, I think, because everybody else plays on Thursday. Um, and, you know, the hardest thing about the Hoosers is, you know, even the lowest level of Big Ten teams can compete with anybody in the country any given day. And it looks yeah, like Indiana finished yeah. the thing. 
yeah, finished ninth in the Big Ten this year, and, you know, it looks kind of bad on paper, but, you know, when you're going to put in almost double – I don't know if they got to double digits um, this year, but when you put in double-digit teams in the tournament year, uh, yeah, it's always a tough matchup. Yeah, they're sitting at 20-13, and part of it too, well, I mean, here's the good thing about the Mountain West this year. I know well, I mean, because we, during the first month, we're doing our weekly rankings, like, is well, I mean, for real, they're beating up on Northern Colorado, beating up teams that aren't that good, but league play – like, they're going to be nearly – I'm not going to say they're as tested as Indiana because, like you said, Big Ten send in probably 10 teams or whatever. All these teams, Michigan is in there. Indiana's in there. You have uh, – every oh, I don't even know, Wisconsin, whoever else. There's a million teams. Half the Big Ten is in there, essentially. So every game's tight that they played really good teams. So, well, I mean, that's – when you play CSU twice, you play UNLV, who's good, obviously. Every game's close. They're not a team where – some of these mid-major teams, like not power conferences, or Mount West is above that a bit – where they're blowing out teams. They So if it's a close game, they're not going to be scared. Like, oh, what have we been in these games before? We win by two points. It's okay. A ton of Wyoming games have been single digits. So that's why we're always concerned about how good are they. But looking at, like, Indiana, they have wins, a pretty decent win over Ohio State. They beat Purdue at one point in the year. They, they, so they have good victories, but they're a lot down the stretch. Not I know they have that win over Illinois, but they've, they're only four and three of the last seven. And when you go, and they had a six game losing or five game losing streak before that. So they have not been playing extremely well. They've only won four of the last, I think, uh, 12 or 13 games. So they've been struggling down the stretch. So, and while Wyoming has been basically must win mode. So who do you want the team that's going forward or the team that's fall backwards in this game? You know what I mean? Yeah, completely. And that's the beautiful thing about Wyoming is they played with confidence much of the year. Um, I had think, to. like I said, yeah, completely had to, and I think that last month might have, I don't know if it was fatigue or what it came down to, but, um, you know, it looked a little bit sloppier, but other than they look like the team in control for most of the season, and I think that's going to yeah. benefit them going up against a, a Big Ten power like Indiana, uh, but like you yeah. said, Indiana is that kind of, that can take out a three seed like Iowa uh, or anybody else any given night, and, and I think the Cowboys have the tools to make it win, uh, to make the win, but other than that, yeah. I think they ha- I think Indiana is the, the one point favorite at the moment for Ken Tom. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, I'm not looking there, so I'm trying to look at what's, there's a million, it's like shooting out the fire hose. What do we find? What do we look for? What do we want to find? And when it selection Sunday, a mere three hours ago, and I had to run to the grocery store and do things, I haven't had too much time to look at everything, which why we'll do more. This is more of the quick hit. What are they doing here? So one interesting note about them, they were, they were not, they didn't get double digit wins in Big Ten play, nine and 11. They were a poor three point shooting team, only making like 
what, 32% of, well, I guess it's okay, but not, not a great three point shooting team. So that's one thing you can look at here. They went two and seven down the stretch or final nine, as I mentioned, even worse when you go, when you look back even four or five more games before that. So that's going to be, like you said, like they're, while they've been pressured, not pressured, but what's the right word? Um, tested, I should say. They've been hit or miss throughout the years. So like you said, beating Purdue, beating the Ohio State, beating teams who are ranked higher than them. It will be crazy. Like, Again, of the Big Ten, just like you said. Yeah, it's like, look at it playing. And so, yeah, 32% for three-point attempt here. We're getting a couple notes here from ESPN they have. But the one thing, too, this will be, you know it's going to be awesome? They have a pretty, good, a really good defense, one of the most efficient within the Big Ten. So, we know, we, Wyoming's used to winning 52 to 50 these games, low-scoring games. So this could play to their advantage a little bit where they're, it's not like a team where, like, Mountain West, not, not Gonzaga, who averaged literally 90 points a game in West Coast Conference play for, and scored that like almost every game in league play. And now they're going up against a team that's super stingy defense. Well, I mean, they're a defensive team a bit. They play low scoring games, so they're not going to be concerned as much as some teams who rely all on their offense. And if you're stuck at 55 points, you normally get 75. It's like, what's going on here? So I think that's an area where to be optimistic, their three point shooting is not that great for Indiana. They do have a, um, who is it? Trace Jackson Davis, who's almost averaged a double double and then like two and a half bucks a game. So this will be, this will be a good matchup. And it's Tuesday night. It's 710 Mountain Time on True TV. Larry, big question. Does your cable or streaming provider get True TV? I do not. I might be at my parents' house most of next week to, to, to we, get through all this stuff. I believe, if I'm correct, I'll have to double check. Because I know we put out our, we give everybody a Fubo trial and stuff. Like you can hook hit that up for a week, which is a good resource. I think all the Warner channels are back on there. So, or honestly, just get the March Madness app. That's what we do, man. Hook that up, watch every game. But yeah, it's on True TV, so it's seven o'clock Mountain Time. So watch that. They play uh, Wyoming, Indiana. If they, I shoot, I don't in front of me. If they win, do you know who they play? The five seed was it um, St. Uh, Mary's, I believe. Right. Good old Mountain West West Coast Conference matchup. So that's a good. That should be. This should be a pretty good game. Do you have any prediction to moment? It's a one point game. Can we just say Wyoming because it's like a toss up? Is that what we do here? I would love Wyoming. Yeah, I think that's what that's what I want to see. I think one thing I just looked at on Sports Reference while we were going over stuff was the um, three point defense of Indiana, which isn't amazing. Uh, their opponents averaging thirty two point six percent, about one hundred fortieth in the country, and Wyoming has the capability for. For a lot of their perimeter players to to shoot lights out, given the right opportunity, so I think that could be the game changer. That could be the the one point difference that I think they need. So obviously we're going with Mountain West uh, teams here, Wyoming to win this one. Clearly, excellent. Same with you. I go Wyoming. So then we have Thursday. So here's the thing: they play Tuesday. And they're going to be playing Thursday in Portland if they win, which will, I'm assuming if they're smart, if they do it right, they're going to stick Wyoming out late slots. Because it's out in Portland, it's on the West Coast, you have two West Western teams. That honestly might be the last game of the day, which would be good because travel time. Like, I remember one first four game where they had them play. I know they go Tuesday, Thursday, Wednesday, Friday. But they had, like, the team that played second on Tuesday, which is what this game would be. It's the second of the doubleheader. Play the first game Thursday, which is a joke. And But with them going to Portland... And they they're gonna and that's a pretty good matchup, or at least St. Mary's, I think they're still a top twenty five team or somewhere there. They and I'm assuming that might be like that seven thirty Pacific tip time, ten Eastern round that window. That would be helpful just for travel wise. But so we get to Thursday, every game is Thursday. So we could have four Mountain West games on Thursday, which is like the conference tournament, the quarterfinals. So here's what we have. I'd have to call Michigan. Exactly. 
Totally. Especially the first two games, man. Michigan, Colorado State is the very first game of the weekend. Of the week. Regular old CBS, I'm assuming if it's the first game, it's Indianapolis. Um, Jim Nance will probably be there because you got Michigan. So this is a good slot. I'm not, I don't have the, I have the, don't have the full schedule. I'm just going through the Mountain West schedule. So besides it being the first game, it'll have at least what, first half hour by itself, I think how it usually sets up. Does that sound about right, Larry? Yeah, about right. So you have that seat, 10, 15 a.m. It's 11.15 local. What are they doing? Why are they starting that game before lunchtime in the in central time zone? <laughs> maybe for all the maybe for all the Michigan folks, I don't know. Could be. Could I be. do remember a game in Tucson. They had a 10 a.m. local tip because it was like one of the first games when whatever whenever Eric I know Daylight Savings was today, whatever you call it. But the first game in Arizona was played at Tucson at the tournament. It was like a 10 between 10 and 11 a.m. tip, and the Mountain Time's like, what are you guys doing? So this matchup. Michigan, uh, interesting because right now they're two and a half point favorite just by the odds here. They're 11 seed. They were only 17 and 14. Another Big Ten team here. Juwan Howard's back after his suspension, five game suspension for being stupid in the, in the walkthrough line versus Wisconsin, like being a dummy. A lot of people were dummies. They're not just them, but he got the biggest suspension. They've been up or down. We did see them play early in the year when they beat up on San Diego State when they were, were they a top five team at one point? So I know they're top 10 at least. I think so. We think so they've clearly better. fallen off, right? <laughs> yeah, it's, I think it's been a big drop for them um, off of the really great year that they had last year. And I know they've had dealt with some injuries, too. I think Hunter Dick- Dickinson was out for a portion of the year. But, uh, yeah, that, you know, when your your head coach left another, another uh, coaching staff member uh, in conference play in a big game like Michigan-Wisconsin, yeah. It's going to be a bit of a spiral of a year, but the, the Big Ten, of course, you will get an op- opportunity in the NCAA tournament. So, everyone knows Juan Howard. There are solid examples of State. The first half was close. Second half, they pulled away. But yeah, you guys have like a preseason All American uh, with Hunter Dixon. Like they were a top. Like they were a team. Like we'll get to Memphis as well. Legit national title buzz for for this Michigan team. So that's what they were doing, and so that's yeah, kind of like. Looks like preseason, preseason rank six, uh, following week four, and then they fell out completely in December and haven't been back since. Yeah, and then they kind of fall off. Um, they went three and two under Phil Martelli. Remember St. Joe's was stretched. They, I don't know. They, it's, yeah, Caleb Houston, five star recruit coming in. So all these guys, fresh, uh, what's your freshman guy? Um, Missing the tournament would have been pretty dreadful for that type of team. Um, because like you mentioned, what they had top five team or top basically national title con- contender, but they're like, they beat, they had every ranked team looking at their schedule who they played and I apologize for kind of bouncing around here, but like they have not been winning. They haven't gotten big wins. I know they did beat Iowa at the end of the year. I think it was like who was ranked lost Ohio state. They got the random win over Purdue because everybody beats Purdue apparently once a year. They lose to Michigan State. They lose to Illinois. Like they're, they go out and beat one or two teams, but more often than not, when they play a good team, they're losing. And like Illinois game was eight points, kind of close. Like they've had t- games where they're matched up against these better Big Ten teams. They'll be tested. They also beat UNLV. I forgot they played them as well. Uh, Michigan too as well. So, but it's funny. They beat Nebraska, who's not good, 102 to 67. But then they go out and like lose to UCF by 14 points. I don't know. It's hard to make up what this team really is. 
And I know that everybody had a COVID pause early on, so it's like, okay, postponed, moved around. But they just, the team, it's like just, they're just average. It's like, is that, is that the best way to put it? And I don't know if they have anybody yeah. can guard like Roddy, Roddy out there. Like, what are they going to do with guarding up against the big man who's going to just kind of pound his way inside, being that power, the forward position he is? I think Roddy's going to get his, get his points regardless of who they try to put on him, um, is, is going to be the hard part for them. I think, yeah, I think running back to the average thing, um, not a big scare. Like if you're facing maybe one of the top three or four, uh, big 10 teams, very similar to Indiana. I think they lost to Indiana in that first round of the tournament. Um, 74, 69, it looks like. Yeah. But yeah. I think the biggest thing that we have to worry about is who are, who are, who on our side is going to guard their bigs. Um, Dickinson's a force at 7-2 down low, so that's going to be a big thing yeah, to think about. Huge. <laughs> So, yeah, they should, again, I think the main theme that we'll probably come back to all the time is that every, no amount of teams are going to be scared because every team they play is a close game. So if it's a close game, like the big, the big size is a huge joke. There's nobody in the Mountain West who's freaking 7'2 or well above 7 feet and that skilled of a player. So I'm going to pick the Rams just because why not? They're also only two and a half point favorite. They're the higher seed. I'm not sure why they're, they're not favored in this game. It could be a, I guarantee why, because it's a Michigan name thing where why they get the early favorites. So if you're out there putting a few bucks on there, I would definitely take a situation at least minimum cover because I don't think I don't think that's a problem. No, not at all. No, next game, and I think, Let, like I said, no. Roddy, Roddy's going to get his his points. It's just going to be who needs to help him to get it over the get it over the line. Yeah, I, well, again, I, Isaiah Stevens been one of the best point guards out there, so he's out there too. It's like they, I think they'll be, be able to take care of business versus Michigan. All right, next game, another former national title team, and apparently, don't tell Penny Hardaway his team is not ready because he'll swear at you during the post game press conference and not be too happy <laughs> as he did a while back after a loss. I don't recall, but he wasn't missing half his teams. It's tough. TNT, 11.45 a.m. Mountain Time. So this is probably game two or games we're going throughout the day. So you got to go back and forth on this one. But they're playing Boise State, who's an eight seed, which, oh, eight, nine. I hate these because Larry Meads not get – odds of them getting a sweet 16 seem very minimal. And that's not what we want to see here. Uh, Portland, Oregon game. Another two-and-a-half point favorite for Memphis. Tigers, who got freaking boat race Sunday morning versus Houston American title game. They are a team, again, just like Michigan – is Dark Horse National Title Team the best way to put them? People thought with all the guys that had come in this year, recruits and freshmen and stuff for the Tigers. Yeah, it's just one of those preseason hype machines that you see all the time across the country. You get two plus five star recruits in. Um, maybe you had a decent year the year before. Maybe you didn't. I think they were in the NIT last year, didn't they win it? Uh, I don't recall. I know they were pretty good last year, but they were not quite what they wanted to be. But they're decent. Yeah. And then, you know, you add Bates, you add Duran, guys like that to the lineup, and yeah, might as well. Dark, dark Horse National title contender. And they played the American pre-conference. Like, oh, if they beat Houston, they're right there. But, like, with them, they've been so hit or miss. They've had multiple stretches of three to, what, like early non-conference. I know because non-conference slate's fairly difficult when they put Iowa's. Like, their non-conference slate was legit, like, who they're playing, like, St. Louis is okay, whatever. They beat them, beat Western Kentucky, fine. They played Virginia Tech, but then they lose to Iowa State, lose to Georgia, lose to Ole Miss, lose to Murray State. They lost four of those in a row. And that's nothing to be ashamed about when three of those were within single digits and they only got the blowout versus Iowa State. But they're not getting wins when they're playing good opponents. I know that – well, then they beat Alabama, who's up and down. But, like, for the most part, when they're playing above-average teams, it and it's not a knock on them. It's like any team does that. If you're – 
um, above if you're a third like they were growing up an American third place team in a regular season. If you're going up against a top six team in a big bigger conference, you're probably going to struggle, be hit or miss, and get wins. Like beating Alabama was huge. Not playing Tennessee kind of hurts because that was a pretty that's a huge in-state rivalry game too, like huge stuff on the line. But then lose to Tulane, they lose to ECU, lose to a uh, SMU twice. SMU, it's like they're, they they beat Houston, great. Then they lose to Houston. It's a team when like when they're healthy and playing at their best, they could beat a lot of these teams. But Boise State, like they're, are you perplexed of that they're sitting at the eight seed? Should they've been higher? I think I saw a Twitter discussion about that earlier was how did Colorado State get the higher seed than Boise State? Um, and the only main argument there is them beating them twice in a year and maybe a couple better non-conference wins. But yeah, a lot of people thought Boise State should have been at least, least a seven, hopefully a six. So I think a lot of us were kind of bugged by this eight, nine scenario. Didn't Boise have a Q4 loss though too during the year? Who was it? I'm trying to look at the see, but I saw some on Twitter where they like they, I, yeah you, okay you lose twice I know the win total it's they won the double double they won regular season and mount and the tournament which is difficult to do in any conference but especially a conference that was on the better than Pac-12 right with honestly like the overall rank rank above the American I think slightly behind the ACC overall you would think that champion would have given a little more credit going 27-7 but you're right lose to CSU twice. They, I'm trying to pull up my schedule here. My internet cooperates, but I know somebody mentioned the Q4 loss because it's, it's funny too. Like me and Andy doing a show earlier in the year, cause you know, Boise is Larry, you write, do, that's you kind of write the decent amount for us. Past couple of years, it's been non-conference, amazing league play, not so good. They kind of flipped out a little bit. Oh yeah, they lost to yeah. Irvine and Bakersfield. And then they also lost to the Cal State Bakersfield, which it feels like Baker, Bakersfield is that Q4, but. I'm not yeah. too sure how the Big West looks this year, so. Yeah, but Irvine, apparently they shouldn't lose the Big West teams and lose to St. Louis. Like, they probably should have won those games. I think they should have won those games. I'm not saying, I don't recall. Like, it's months ago. But Bakersfield 46-39, come on. <laughs> what are you doing? They lose, uh, yeah, lost St. Bonaventure, but they're a ranked team. So, yeah, those Big West losses don't help. But it's also weird where it's like, oh, you get one chance or you have that one bad loss and it takes you out of the game. Yeah. But we'll see what Boise like, like what Boise with Bolden and Leon Rice with a better coach. I, I think Rice is more clearly more composed than Anthony Hardaway being their head coach, and that goes a long way, I think. Yeah, honestly, I think someone was talking about that in regards to New Mexico State earlier. Um, always kind of ending that twelve to fourteen seed, mm-hmm. um, and this year kind of primed for something a little higher. And then somebody brought up that that they lost to Chicago State in Chicago oh. by I think it was one point two points that buzzer beater. And they go, that probably oh. lost them that, that 10 or maybe even nine spot. And I said, ah, oh, yeah, one, one game, one bad game. And of course you could go 25 plus wins in a season. And that doesn't matter. And it's also like when you joke the Syracuse effect, like they almost beat Duke. They're getting these wins. It's just opportunity. So what it does, it disproportionates you from like, let's just say a team, um, St. Mary's, like, well, not the deep word example, but say a team has like a four seed or maybe a six seed in the big 10. They have one Q4 loss. It's just weird, but they have how many Q1, Q2 games? 12 just within league play on their own without trying. And so that Q4, that loss can be made up essentially if you had the more opportunities and get wins against those Q1, Q2s. And that's a problem that's difficult to overcome and change. And it takes time. Like West Coast Conference, I think this year's finally getting it because look at BYU who's not in. 
our buddy who I work with, like he compared them to Notre Dame, like they're pretty comparable and BYU might actually have a better resume overall than Notre Dame who got in. But it could be, well, West Coast Conference team. You're not getting in. You're not getting five teams for West Coast Conference. Get out of here. So that's kind of the thing where it's a league perception wise a little bit compared to actually looking at it sometimes, but it's just a thought there. So where are New Mexico State going? Were they a 13 seed? Is that where they ended up at? 12. Oh, 12. Okay. They're playing okay. UConn at number five. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. So, like, who do you like in this matchup? Like, I, I'm just going to pick every mountainous team because why not? I'll be a homer here. I don't care. Doing off-the-cuff research at the moment but until we get to more stuff. Uh, <laughs> Honestly, we you. I, I think uh, it's tough. I think the athleticism and the talent is completely leaning towards Memphis's way. Yeah, I can and see not that. doing too bad in terms of form. Nine and one, yeah, nine and one in their last ten games, or I guess nine and two with the Houston loss uh, just recently. So it's extremely close. But when you play someone like Boise, who just as great form, won the the championship in their conference tournament, um, and and with their their top twenty ranked defense in the country, it's a beautiful matchup made in heaven. Uh, let's stick with the Mountain West side of it. Broncos advance on uh, to probably play Gonzaga. Which will be former coach, new coach, or former assistant, Leon Rice, uh, Mark Few. So that'll be – hey, if nothing worse, it'll be – So that'll be – that's um, – we got to right? Like, not just the wins and losses sometimes. Because being yeah, – and that game, Honestly, I think it should be played more often just because of regionalness, the former head coach, assistant coach, or not former head coach, but yeah. uh, just cross state lines. Uh, a top three team would be beautiful every year, and that could be. Cause I know Gonzaga plays schedules up and schedules tough, but Boise State would be a team where I think a home and home could be appropriate for what even even where Gonzaga is typically a top five team the past couple years. That would be it. Would still be a, a, a worst. You know what? It's way better than half the West Coast Conference teams to play. That'd be at least a Q2 game every single year. You know what I mean? So I'd, I'd like that to happen every so often. That'd be like a, a dream matchup every year to have that and them come into a – what's it's not Taco Bell Arena. What's it called? The Extra Mile Mart or something? Extra Mile Arena? Oh, yeah. I don't know. Forever Taco Bell Arena. Forever Taco Bell. <laughs> yes. The orange and blue. Well, who was that? That's why I love the tournament where they used to just keep the – now they make every court the same so you don't know which region you're watching. Typically on TV, but you loved it when they had random games like, especially at Boise State where it's that blue and orange in the key or the, and like, come on, bring those back. That's why I missed for tournament. That's fun, right? Why do they not have go to sterile, lame courts? Come on, give me a break. Honestly, and then just to take a quick look at the Gonzaga non-conference schedule, L State, we could have easily switched that for Boise State. Ballard mm-hmm. was really good this year in the last one, so you can't knock that. They won the Carlton State. Right? Yeah. Yeah, honestly. Pretty good squad. I think you could easily fit in uh, Boise State in that scenario. Make everybody happy in the region. Exactly. All right. Next, if I the game of the weekend or the day, I guess. Oh, my app closed on me. You have Crichton from the Big East for San Diego State. Uh, hey, this is the first time we have a favorite. Aztecs are favored by two. In a – do you see what the over-under is in this game? Have you looked at that yet, Larry? Looks like plus three Aztecs. No, no, over-under. Oh, no, I haven't seen it yet, no. Do you want to take a guess? Because we know Aztecs don't like to score points. <laughs> you first. 120, it's 121. I have it in front of you. 121. <laughs> first to 60. <laughs> Creighton average. They, uh, I don't know. I'm looking here. I'm trying to, I, my, my stats are not cooperating. 
Okay. That is okay. That's, okay. That that kind of makes sense with Asics defense oh. everything what they what they can do offensively and defensively. So I just see that I'm like that's, uh, that's a little bit. The Aztecs were 65 points, but they give up only 57. So I'm, I don't know a ton about Creighton, who's in Big East. They finished fourth in the conference. They end up losing a low scoring game on Nova for 54 80 or excuse me 54 80 48. They uh, did upset top seed of Providence in the Big East tournament. Um, they've been the past handful of games have been all right. Like Georgetown's garbage. They beat them twice. They lose to Providence ranked team, but they beat UConn by two. They their ranked opportunities are a slightly better than the Mountain West. Like they had Xavier, they had UConn, they had um, Villanova a couple of times. Obviously, they they beat BYU, who's, who's ranked. I they lost Iowa State, so they're and they also played a Mountain West team beating Colorado State eighty one ninety five earlier in the year. So they're obviously twenty two eleven. Big East is a, a where would you put them? Like number right above the Mountain West, like the American Big East Mountain West, probably the top of those three. Yeah, and then usually I always kind of think East maybe slightly better because of usually those national title contenders they might have like Villanova or um, mostly Villanova, I guess. Yeah, mostly they won one recently, which I read a couple years ago. Yeah, they always have that opportunity. Whereas the Mountain West, you know, Sweet Sixteen every year, we're looking forward to it. Oh, maybe right. Um, I think what they need to pay attention to, like, oh, great, my freaking internet's being annoying here. But when you look at what they do, like, the only, the interesting thing, they, 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 they don't have, like, a huge score. Like, they do have Ryan Hawkins, who's about 14 points a game and eight rebounds. He's really good. Like, he's that type of guy. But they have four or five guys, technically five guys, um, or four guys, 10 points a game. You look at it, because, um, they've got like Arthur Kalamua, Kalamua, like 9.9, so he's right there. So they don't have, like, a huge, in my opinion, a huge threat. They have enough guys who can nickel and dime and chip away. This guy gets 12. They'll, they'll probably end up with four guys with 11 points and, like, two more with seven or eight. And so Aztecs need to um, defensively – it's hard because, you know, how does we team – they don't have, like, the 20-point guy. So it's not like, okay, we'll focus on him or let him get his. You pick. This, it's really going to need to be, like, a team defensive game, which it's not out of the ordinary, but – there's not one guy. Okay, focus on him. A, B, or C. We got they got four guys who can shoot the ball. I need to give a point on the, on the court who could score, and that's and they play a ton of minutes. So who knows if foul trouble could come into them. These are kind of things that if play at least thirty minutes a game, it's kind of a lot in a college basketball game, in my opinion, a bit. Some a couple guys near thirty five a game, but with Brian Dutch or Brian Dutcher, excuse me, been around forever with um oh geez Steve Fisher. Aztecs team, it's always – they feel like they've been screwed a little bit on some of these calls this year. So maybe like, this will be they'll get a break and get an easy victory in the first round. I'm just throwing stuff out there. I'm just saying that would be nice for once. Let's win by 10 points. Honestly, and, and kind of like how you mentioned, not out of the ordinary to have three to four scores on your team average about, what, 10 to 14 reminds me That's extremely what, too much about Boise State. Very uh, similar setup. The guy Leading score at fourteen, like fourteen point seven points. Um, but yeah, any any given night, any other person on this roster could kill you, and that's kind of what I like to focus on in the the preview I did for the championship game was mm-hmm. um, very similarly. Um, you have to watch one player, maybe neutralize them. But uh, I think the leading score, if I look at the box score, was Tyson Degenhart, thirteen points for the Broncos, um, yeah. and that was just enough to win the net, to, to win the tournament. And, also, and um, my other sorry, point of that was, or go ahead. No, no, continue. 
Oh, yeah. And then my, my other point of that was uh, Matt Bradley, who who'd had a small run of kind of bad form back and forth at the end of the year. Um, if he's not uh, scoring, um, it makes it a little bit tougher because San Diego State, just like the, the last couple teams we mentioned, not a lot of major scores besides him. I think he's the only double-digit scorer on the team. And yeah, he, he ended up leading them in scoring. Yeah, led them in scoring yesterday, and that wasn't enough with their Aztec amazing defense. So it, this is going to be another close call, honestly. Who are you taking? Are, you taking, are we going four and zero Mountain West just because we want to? Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, I think I think my mental health really needs a four and zero Mountain West week. <laughs> I'll subscribe honestly, to Fubo TV by the end of this week. If that's exactly. I, yeah. So that's that's the thing about the league. It's like these games are all close. Like there's no. If they, here's the thing, they could win them all or lose them all, which we prefer the former to win them all or win them all. That'd be the ideal scenario. And so it's uh we'll see how it goes. It's gonna be fun because there are matchups where you have eight nine kind of stinks. Like if Boise wins, they're not gonna beat Gonzaga. Could I see Wyoming beat Indiana? Yeah, then beat St. Mary's. Ooh, sure, why not? That's the I'm not not saying it's twelve five, but St. Mary's is really good. Well, I mean, you never know. There's a decent chance there. And I, I think the league could do well. Do you think is our best chance within the conference for CSU to get like a sweet 16 run? Are they the, just because of seed-wise? I think seed-wise and star-wise, I think if you have to look across the board, um, which which team has a player who could lead them there? It's David Rod. Okay. Um, I, you yeah, know, like I said, he's going to get his points regardless of who the opponent is. He'll and be All-American type player. He'll probably be second, big, third team All-American maybe. Very much. He, he returns next year for sure. Um, oh, yeah. Definitely going to be on everybody. Uh, should be noted here really quick before we finish up. Utah State's hosting Oregon at NIT. Just announced Tuesday night 7 on ESPN. Mountain time, so that's always sure. good. Uh, anything else to add about these tournaments? What we got going on with the Mountain West? Uh, just super hopeful. Don't let me down, I guess. <laughs> Don't let us down. All right. You heard it from Larry. Do not let it. Mountain West teams, coaches, do not let us down. Go 4-0. Win all the games. Uh, check us out. We'll do some previews. We'll have some written stuff. We might sneak in another podcast with somebody on staff down the road before the tournament. But this week, for sure, we'll have stuff. But uh, MWR.com, check us out. And it'll be, dude, tournament's here. It's a regular tournament. It'll be awesome. And everybody have fun, man. And, Larry, thanks for hopping on. It was amazing. I think we need to do it more with you talking oops. Yeah, always. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening, all right, guys. guys. Excellent. Subscribe, and we'll see you next time.